Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. This is the Plan Y podcast. My name is Taryn. And my name is Hannah. And Hannah, I hear you have a fun fact for us today. Yes, I do, because I just saw that on TikTok, so it must be true, obviously. 100%, that's how it works. I'm really jealous, um, because I wish I was born in a Turkish airline plane. (laughs) Right, (laughs) carry on. You have my interest. Yeah, so, apparently, if you are born on a flight of the Turkish airline, you are able to travel for free with them for your entire life. And not just that, but also, they pay for your studies. And isn't that amazing? I mean, if both of us would have children at one point, we should make sure that me and your future wife is going to be on a plane from the Turkish airline when giving birth to their children, because what could be a better present than traveling for free for your entire life? That is insane. That, what, how, why, what? You don't always need to know the reason. (laughs) Quickly, quickly, before we land. (laughs) How many people have had that happen to them? I don't know. I didn't do any research. I just saw it on TikTok and I was like, that is a cool thing. Well, if... If TikTok says it's true, then it has to be true as well. Right? That's, that's a fact. True. Pretty decent because it's a company up from China, right? So everything that's on there must be true. <laughs> Facts. And with that, let's move in to today's topic. And what is today's topic, Hannah? Well, after these two amazing weeks of talking about Sweden and starting abroad, thank you again to Honey. We want to talk today about what you can do or where you can work whilst travelling. Indeed we do. And so we're going to be looking at a few different places and different options. And so, Hannah, tell me more about your own experience. Have you done much work abroad? Yes, I did. I did farm work in Australia, which was, well, pretty shit. (laughs) fair enough we like the honesty yeah but like i worked on different farms like i did garlic picking grape picking and blueberry picking and out of all of these garlic was definitely like the worst like i love garlic me too and it didn't stop me from eating garlic as you know like if a recipe says three are recommended i take like five or even more because it's so good for you. <laughs> you're, you're a dangerous girl. <laughs> it is so good for you. Like, honestly, when I was younger and when potting was still a thing and allowed, I was often... Do you remember? <laughs> I do, like a little bit. It's in, <laughs> well, way back, past, but I still remember. <laughs> I often, before I went out, ate a kebab with garlic sauce. <laughs> and I didn't Ooh, care. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I feel sorry for anyone who went home with you, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I still like garlic and I love it. And even working on a garlic farm didn't stop me, even if I smelled very bad at the end of the day. But funny thing Yeah, is, that's like, a point. So did you smell bad at the end of the day? Well, it is a different kind of old there to let, and you don't need to pay for it, right? And ridiculous amount. It... <laughs> Just rubbing it on your arms. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. So you worked on the garlic farm. You worked in, did farming work in Australia? Yes, I did. So garlic farm, blueberry picking. And you know what I thought? Because 
for blueberry picking, you needed to be quite fast. So you got paid per kilos or some kind of rate. Okay. I don't remember what it was. And then I thought, like, how can I pick faster? So even if I normally don't listen to things like that, I was started listening to Eminem because it's like very fast. Ah, come on, let's do a if I listen to things like that, I would pick faster. I'm not sure if that actually happened. And I listened to 90s and stuff like that as well. <laughs> then started listening to some podcasts. But yeah, I can't say that it worked out or not. I think a podcast sounds like a much nicer thing to do. <laughs> it sounds like a much more relaxing, like strolling through the farm, listening to the Plan Y podcast, picking berries. Yeah, I think than... you would definitely be faster doing that than listen to Eminem or other things. Yeah, it'd be more enjoyable. Yeah, 100%. Like, although I used to, when I was, um, and it's sort of unrelated completely, but when I was um, on a bike in Vietnam, I used to listen to, like, heavy drum and bass to keep me aware. Because there you sort of needed it, because at any second you might die. But, like, on a farm, on a farm, it sounds just like it would be really intense. <laughs> yeah, it was actually quite intense. Actually, when I did the farm work, I basically witnessed everything. Like I had the bushfires. Luckily, oh, I wow. lived next to the ocean. I had a sandstorm and even floods. So, <laughs> in my three to four months Damn. of farm work, I experienced everything. But also, what I did while I was in Australia, because that's the only country that I actually worked abroad, I worked in hospitality, which is actually quite easy a job or easy job to get even if you don't have any experience i did have experience and got a job even faster and other jobs that you can basically do is um when you be in sales like selling stuff on the street which is like something you i did might that not even want to i do. hated it yeah, it was I the know. worst job i ever did in fact i was providing free energy saving power boards provided by the government which sounds easy because it's free energy saving power boards provided by the government but it turns out that anyone had already had some of these free energy saving power boards provided by the government and they hated them <laughs> and they hated you and i had the police called on me i think twice by random um, people at their house wow. and my friend who I did it with actually got chased down the street by a crackhead um, who <laughs> was carrying a club and he dropped his car of energy power saving boards and um, and hid in a garage until he was picked up and the guy had smashed up all of his stock <laughs> and his manager came and picked him up and um, he was literally hiding in someone's garage and the manager picked him up and then took him two streets down and was like all right off you go again. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> it was oh bullshit. And then we used to have things. So I almost, there was one day, um, and I used to be quite good at it, and I worked really hard um, at this because we were broke and Australia is so expensive to be in. And one day I didn't make any sales and I was pissed. And the manager had had an agreement that day. He was like, if you didn't make sales, you're not getting a trip home. So I got in the car anyway. And he's like, no, you need to get out. And I was like, there is absolutely no way that I'm getting out of this vehicle. Do you have any idea how hard I've worked today for literally cool? Um, I am sitting it and I am not moving and there's nothing you can do. I'm going to have to add lots of bleeps into this. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, an adventure one, but it was a 
harsh job, but you can supposedly make money doing it. But then, like, in Australia, you can make $50 an hour by just being a lollipop lady, so I wouldn't recommend sales. <laughs> I think it's one of the biggest um, cons out there, apart from maybe farm work. Yeah, well, there are a lot of other things that you can do. I met a girl in a hostel who actually stripped in a nightclub. Oh, big money. It doesn't even matter where you go. Um, however, when I do it, I get arrested. It's bullshit. <laughs> Inequality in its finest. Well, you probably didn't went to the right nightclubs, but I guess that <laughs> there are nightclubs. But there is good money in it if... Yeah, if you want to do it. But then you yeah. only have to look as far as... Um, and there you go. You don't even have to do that now. Get an OnlyFans account. <laughs> Boom. You are around the world for free. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from that, what you could also do is do some volunteering. Or there are also things and different apps around the world where you can just work from them for like four hours or so per day and then you get paid accommodation and food so they pay you for your food and you have free yeah. accommodation i think in australia one of those apps is called woofing and what you can woofing. do yeah i think it's a how would you spell woofing with a double o so w double okay w o f y i guess Oh, okay. I actually don't know. Oh, I actually don't That's know okay. if that's even the name. I need that's to right. Do their own research. <laughs> yeah, I will. Well, I don't do that quite often. But... No, no, I think, no, the people listening can do their oh, own yeah. research. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, and what else? There is so many options, actually, that you can do when you are abroad. You can become a freelancer and work from... So they are, like heaps of platforms out there for people looking for a freelancer and any kind of stuff so if you're a graphic designer work in social media or a writer anything creative people in the world need that and even with the world becoming more and more digital it is so easy just to get a job a freelancing job and you can basically work from wherever so that's quite cool i guess mm, for sure and if all that fails, I also know a bloke who I met in um, South America who worked on a cannabis farm in L.A. Um, back before it was legalised. And he used to earn $400 a day. But there is a risk that you will be caught, possibly imprisoned and definitely <laughs> deported at any moment. Honestly, I met someone as well in Australia. He was from Japan and... He did so many different jobs. One time he said he was kind of harvesting oaks, like diving down, like free diving down. And he had a knife and then he would cut down the oaks and bring it up again. And I was like, oh wow. my God, that is so cool. And he used to work as well in Canada on a cannabis farm. And I was like, I just kind of want to do that as well. But just for mm. the sake of having it in my CV. Fair enough. I mean, it sounds... <laughs> so why do you think you're suitable for our job as an accountant? Well. <laughs> um, so let's, let's maybe really start with the <laughs> easiest. Yeah. So let's start with the jobs that 
are most easily accessible by anyone who's traveling at any point. They don't require much planning advance. They're sort of more working in hostels type jobs that anyone yeah. can do. Um, also, lots of hostels, depending on which country you're in, will let you stay in them um, if by just doing the cleaning or working on the desk. Um, in other countries, they might not. I know New Zealand passed a law a few years ago where because they just felt that people were being exploited for beds and um, they won't let them do it. But even there, you can still do very similar things or you can do house sitting for people as well. Yeah. And that's a big thing. So it might be worth before you go traveling, doing a few house sits in your own country and that way using one of that house sitting websites in order to promote yourself yes. once you've got a few reviews. And that way, not only are you getting free accommodation, but quite often you get paid to stay in a much nicer accommodation than you would get elsewhere as well. Yeah, and what you can do too, beside house sitting, is be an, or become an au pair. And you can even do that with organizations. So if you're interested in it, there are heaps of organizations out there. Sometimes you obviously need to prove that you already look after children. But that could also be like your younger siblings, I guess. I never did that. But yeah, if you're interested in it, just look it up because there are so many possibilities out there. And even if you like already done with your studying and work for many years and like are in your 40s 50s there is always a way to find what you're really passionate for and if you traveling is your passion and you want to travel more and work besides it you can definitely do that and find a way for sure for sure and i think it's much easier than people think as well yeah. i think there's so many opportunities i think honestly just you need to do a bit of a search for it it's the same as working in hospitality as well if you decide you want to work in hospitality you can get a job pretty much anywhere in the world without having too much experience obviously the more experience you do have the better but and quite often you don't even have to um, apply before you go out there. Um, that said, when I went to New Zealand, I worked in the Hilton Hotel there and I got a manager's job um, because I did look it up in advance. But quite often I used to work in Marbella in Spain and I would turn up in the summer and I'd walk around the bars <laughs> and say, here's my CV, <laughs> someone please give me a job before I go homeless. And quite often <laughs> it works. As long as you've got the sort of the oomph to give it a go, most people will give you a try because why not? Yeah, right. You just need to try and then you're probably going to find something. Also, if you are afraid of not getting a job also, a lot of countries, like even your own countries, such as like for us, England and Germany, they offer actually courses um, like barista courses or chef courses. Because what I found is like most looked for is chefs and also barista so people. And if you get a job as a chef, you can work in a chalet and do a ski season as well. Yeah. You can work even on your... The other good thing that you can do, if you can teach yourself to sail, and obviously this isn't just for anyone because, you know, if you've got a few months to teach yourself to be a professional sailor, then there are incredible skipper jobs that you can get all over the world. And I know off the top of my head, Yacht Week um, in Croatia, Sail Week in Croatia and in around... And Tahiti as well. I know that there's companies that run between Panama and Colombia and off the Whit Sundays in Australia. If you can sail 
and you can get yourself a job as a skipper. You can work in luxury pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, and that's almost a whole different um, thing. And we'll talk a bit more about yachts later, actually, because I've got a few tips for anyone who might want to look more at sailing or yachts in particular and how to support, sort of get your name out there. But I think that's a really good opportunity if you want to live a bit more of a high life as well. Yeah, you can also do like a lot of things online. Like I said, it doesn't need to be a freelancer job, but there are platforms where you can just write things, you can publish photos or videos because a lot of company actually need stock photos because they often can produce photos or don't have the time or whatever and they just lock up stock photos that someone needs to pay for or even like voiceovers and stuff like that and everything can be found and bought at the internet so there are just so many things that you can actually do you just need to look it up and actually most of the jobs in this world can be digitalized and at some point they will and as we already saw in the past year everything is getting more and more digital and more things are happening online and if things are happening online you can do it basically from everywhere so true so one idea that might help a few of you if anyone else out there is interested in yachts is how to get started in yachts um, so if you want to work on yachts in the united states you need to have something called an stcw 95 However, if you don't want to work in the United States, you don't need any of it. So to work on a European yacht, you don't actually need, to, if you want to join as a deckhand, which is the lowest of the low, but you're still earning around about two to 3,000 euro a month and to basically clean a boat. And you can basically go along and what you need to do is go to one of the big ports of the world. So I went to Mallorca, which is one of the biggest ports in the world. Uh, Fort Lauderdale is another huge port, that's why I did my training. And then all you have to do is get a CV, which you need to do a bit of research first. You need to make sure that your CV looks like a nautical CV. So rather than having the same CV as you would on for a land job, they want to know what experience you've got out at sea and they definitely want to see a picture of you, which is really weird because obviously you're handing out the CV anyway, um, but they want to see a picture of you on top. And you walk up and down the docks and you ask for day work. So what you do for day work is quite obviously you just work for one day. This will earn you about 100 euro a day, so 100 or 100 dollars a day, depending on where you are. And then once you've done a few days work for a yacht, you if they like you, they'll invite you to stay longer. So on the work I worked for, um, I actually worked for a German man and his um, horrible, well, they, were, they were actually horrible. He was awful, no, and I'll tell you why. So the first week, we, I, first week I worked with him, it was in dry dock and he had another person who was working on his boat. Anyway, so he took me on and then he kicked the other bloke off and gave me his cabin. But instead of kicking wow. the other bloke off in a way where he's like, you need to go, he said, okay, you are going to go and work on my other boat. Um, and then so he made him pack his bag, say, you're going to go and work on my other boat, and just um, told him where to go. And the guy walked down, and as soon as he left, he literally was like, right, let's go. And then I asked him later, and he's like, I don't have another boat. This is my only boat. Oh, just got my rid of the gosh, boat. that is so and rude. Then, and then so the first week I went away with just, it was him and his wife and his business partner and his two kids one was like really cute and like i think four years old and the other was like a gremlin from hell 
Um, and it was like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings, except for its ring was its mum. It was like, nah! And, it just, and I just wanted to boot this kid off the boat the whole time because she just cried and cried. It was awful. Um, but she had a nanny who looked after her, and it was all nice and everything's fine. And they had these huge arguments, but it was all in German. So I, not speaking any German myself, would sit at the table while they're shouting at each other, like happily eating my meal. And it turns out the wife thought that the husband was cheating on her. Um, and she was just like a bit dead inside. And she turns out she was right because the next week he dropped the wife and kids back off and he went and picked up. He brought one girl out originally and then he got rid of her. Then he picked up these other girls. And then this girl said that she didn't trust him and thought that he was a bit dodgy. Obviously not wrong. And so he dropped them off as well and picked up another girl. And there was the one night that he took us out. He's like, we're going out. And he took me, because um, I used to swim to shore normally and then just swim back again, including one time with a magazine. I had to swim about half a mile back out to the yacht holding a magazine in the air. It was one of the hardest what? things I've ever had to do. Yeah, because they, didn't, they were not going to give you a lift to the land. So if you wanted to go to land, you'd... And I was the only bloke there um, you know, who was working. So it's not like I can ask one of the other staff members. And they had a captain who used to come on only while they were at dock. It was really weird. He would disappear. And he also warned me about them as well. He's like, they're a dodgy. Like, this is, he's like, this guy is like a really dodgy guy. And then after all of this happened, he took us to a, a prostitute ring one night as well. You do realise that like, you're trying to sell all of this right now, right? This is an experience, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> okay, continue and, with um, the prostitute. So we went there. And this isn't obviously a normal experience of this. So I, I please don't think this is what normal yachts are like. But I think it's interesting to know... What's well, can happened as well, it, because so you can prepare for this, because there is an ultimate point of this. Um, I worked for a really dodgy guy who literally did his own thing whenever he wanted to, and then he scammed me. He didn't pay me a grand in the end. Wow. Although there was one night where we had been out to town. It was I can't even remember when, but he had invited me this one night, and we went out, had pizza, had beers, and um, being a bit drunk, both his business partner and myself didn't lock the boat up properly, the mini boat that goes on the back, and we found it the next day smashed up against the rock, which he then used as being my fault when it came to court. But the fact of the matter is I had no contract with him or anything like that. So that would be my main point from this. If you're gonna work on someone's yacht, make sure you get a contract signed first and make sure you are looked after yourself. The other thing that you can do is um, there are a lot of recruitment firms who are very good and will, if you put the effort in, they will also put the effort in and they can get you on different boats. I know people who did training with me um, who went on and worked on Richard Branson's yacht, just completely out of the blue. You will never know whose yacht you're working on until you're on that yacht as well. But just bear in mind, as long as you are working on yachts, you don't have any given days off. And although you will be living a life of luxury, you are gonna be working quite hard um, I would recommend going for the larger yachts as well. Um, number one, there's more job opportunities. And number two, you get paid more and you're more likely to be doing jobs that are more fitting to your needs. You're not going to be like me where you come on and you expect to do everything and anything and whatever someone tells you, you'll be given a specific set of you do this, you do this, you do this. So I can be a chef as well. 
Yeah, for sure. Right. You could get a, chef, a job as a chef on yours. The only thing is you need to, obviously, once a uh, chef, some, the only thing is with being something like a chef, and if it is a bigger yacht, they will have someone who is fully, like, qualified. They have, like, yeah. they have, like five-star chefs on yachts. Yeah. Some of the big ones have, um, yeah, they spend serious money. Wow. I was speaking to a captain who was telling me about um, people who used to come on and spend $100,000 in a weekend on food. And they'd what? have, like, hog flown in from Russia and things like that. That's fucked up. Madness. That's fucked up. Bear in mind, that like, yachts is how the other half live. The 1%, not the other half. Well, not even the 1%. This is, like, the 0.1% yeah, for the big yachts. Yeah. The mega yachts. And um, what people do as well, I mean, I would not recommend it, and I do would also not do that, but if you're a woman, and probably a man as well, you can get paid by just looking good on a yacht. Yeah, I mean, that's true, yeah. Sell your soul. <laughs> to the devil. <laughs> like, literally. Like that. Literally. 1%. But, I mean, it, I mean, it does work for people, for sure. Yeah, it does. I mean, they are different yeah. kind of reserves that people do, like, meeting older people and stuff like that. But I would not personally recommend it because it wouldn't be my thing to do, but I don't judge the people that do that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, to be honest, anyone, if you can make money in this environment go for it but just be careful yeah and i feel like Probably... as well that you always need to do your own research no matter where you work abroad or even here at your own home place or what whatsoever do your research and find out what the average wage is that you can get paid and keep your options open and also be ready to leave yeah and um, don't take i think one of the biggest traps um, that people fall into when they first start traveling is thinking, oh, I'm just lucky to have this job and I should stick with it even if they're being abusive, even if they're no. clearly taking the piss. Um, yeah, don't ever do that. No, never. And just trust your guts because they are quite often right. And I figured that. And I think I already said that a couple of times. And yeah, just do that. Hmm. Another thing we, um, we haven't really talked about yet is volunteering in different schools and things like that. And I know it's not technically work, but there are a lot of opportunities to go and volunteer in different places, including one of my personal favourites, something that's on my bucket list. There is a dog's home in Costa Rica mm. where they have 1,000 dogs. Oh my God, And you can paradise. go and look after them. Yeah, it's insane. And you can go and look after them. But I think they've closed entry now. But there's all sorts of different places like this. You can work for different animal charities. You can go and work for humane charities. Or you could even go and get a job on a expeditionary tra charity as well. One that, having watched Sea Spiracy today, I've mm -hmm. been looking at is I'd love to work on Sea Shepherd. Oh, yeah, that would be so cool. I actually I think that would I be amazing. I think it would be as well cool to work on in a sanctuary in Africa or on an explorer ship that goes around the Antarctica. That would be cool. See, I worked on cruise ships, which is I'll do I'll talk a bit more of it in another episode. And that's all always been very good for traveling around. The other thing that you also can do is get a job on a plane. Obviously, I know this is COVID world, so getting a job um, as a flight attendant at the moment might seem almost... Impossible. Pointless, but impossible, pointless, yeah. Um, however, obviously, things are going to open up soon, 
and the world is eventually going to go back to something that we call normal. So just be ready because the job opportunities are going to be there and there are going to be spaces because people who were formerly working there would have moved on. They would have done different things. Life carries on and there will be opportunities to work again. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like, like I said before, there is always a way if you really want it, you find a way to make it work. One thing that you can do as well, even if you're not a native speaker, is teaching languages. You can teach English, but you need to do a specific certificate. But you can also teach your native language, your mother tongue, which is for me, obviously German. And I know someone as well who's from Germany who used to work in a hostel in Vietnam, and she's now teaching German in Vietnam. And you can do that with basically every language on this planet. And yeah, if you want to teach English, you can do that as well if you're not a native speaker, but it's not possible in every country. But you can maybe talk a little bit more about the specific certificate sure. that you need to get. Yeah, so in what in order to teach English as a foreign language, although you don't definitely need this, we'd highly recommend, especially at the moment because it's very cheap to get, you need a TEFL, which stands for Teach English as a Foreign Language. Um, for English as well, obviously. Um, for German, I imagine they have something similar um, to teach German as a foreign language. And what it basically teaches you is the basic principles of how to teach. Different countries will vary on how much additional training you'll need. I know places like Japan have much more strict regulations, whereas places like Vietnam and China, um, you can teach if as long as you have a TEFL. They do also prefer native speakers in general, but once again, it just depends on the job. Not only can you also work in these countries, and we'll speak to someone in the next few weeks who has been working in Singapore and um, teaching English out there, and he makes a ridiculous amount of money. Um, you can also do it online as well and earn up to $20 an hour um, just to teach people or tutor people as well. I know China and Vietnam are the two highest paying countries. However, you can pretty much, like Hannah said, um, get a job anywhere in the world. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's about it for this episode. We will get into more detail in the following episodes. So today was yeah. kind of a quickie. To end this um, episode, you do remember the category that we had where I say something in German and you need to guess what it is in English? Yes. So let's just start. So you need, I say a word and you need to pronounce it and then I give you some cool. hints about what it is. And let's see if okay. you can it out. Platz? Ah, Spielplatz. Something completely different in that case. Spielplatz. Um, I'm imagining something to do with shower and I have no <laughs> idea why. Not really. So to give you some hints, it is mostly used by children. And okay. as well, drunk people really like to use it too. <laughs> <laughs> and you get this. Right. Not? Children and drunk people. Sounds like an awful mix. <laughs> Any more clues? Yeah, so there's a lot of sand probably included as well, which doesn't make oh, it sound it, uh... any better. <laughs> and yeah, no. you can have a lot of fun at this particular... So it's a place and you can have a lot of fun there. 
and yeah there are things that you different things that you can use that are very entertaining such like for example if you're drunk you would really enjoy to use the swing so is it a park a playground like a play a playground okay 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 uh, and it was a Spielplatz. 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 <laughs> I have another word for you. So okay. I think that word actually sounds really weird, and I don't know who ever thought about that word. But for okay. years, I think that that sounds really weird. So the word is Gabel. 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 Yeah. Gabel. G A B E L. Gabel. So it is something that you use in the kitchen, not just in the kitchen, but you can use it in a restaurant as well. Um, and Ariel actually uses it to comb her hair. Is it a comb? No. <laughs> oh, a seashell? No. Wait, do you use a seashell in the kitchen? You don't want to know what I do with a seashell. <laughs> that sounds like you're calling a dog. <laughs> hey, Gobble! Yeah, hey, Gobble! You're a good boy. You're a good little seashell. Um, well, I don't. You use it to eat as like kind of an instrument to help you eating something. A fork. Yes, it's a fork. <laughs> Why would Ariel comb her hair with Have a fork? Have you never watched Ariel? She. Went on this sunken ship that she wasn't allowed to go to because Triton didn't want her to go. And then she found a fork and she didn't obviously know what it was. So she combed her hair with it. I can't believe that you never watch Ariel. It's such a classic. I can't, yeah, no, me neither. Wow, what's, what's, what's going on with my life? Yeah, right. We should watch it at some point. I'll... I'm, I'm very sorry to disappoint you. I will make sure I watch it before the next episode. Perfect. And we can talk about yes, it. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> What's your biggest travel phobia? I think I had for years, I don't even know like the professional word for it, but I was so afraid of spiders because when I was younger, my grandparents used to have chicken and I yeah. always went in there and played with them, feed them. I was even singing for them. <laughs> of course. I'm not, I'm not surprised in any way. And at some point, I must have been like maybe four or something like that, I went into a massive spider net and then I had hundreds and hundreds of baby spiders running over my head Ew. and my grandma couldn't get them out of my head, like out of my hair and stuff like that. And since that day, I was so afraid of spiders. And even one day there was like a massive spider like maybe the size of my inner hand in my room. And then I caught my dad at work oh and God. asked him if he could come back home and get rid of the spider, which he apparently didn't do, yeah, even if we were like 10 minutes away. So I got the vacuum cleaner and put it in there. And because I was afraid, oh. okay, this might sound a little bit mean, but because I was afraid of it coming out again, I put the vacuum cleaner in my sister's room and closed the door. <laughs> oh, 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 poor spiders having a bad day. Maybe, probably at some point, the fear of missing out. Oh my God, FOMO. 
That's fair, fair play. What I about take you? The piss, but I, I completely agree. No, I actually think, to be honest, that's a really good point. <laughs> then again, being kidnapped has got to be pretty high up there. Yeah. Um, Thrown in prison. Yeah, but you um, know, if you end up in prison, you're probably going to end up with a friend, like a really good friend, and then you can say, it was a bad idea, but it was worth it. Mm. I mean, depending on which prison you end up, like <laughs> if it's in Asia or Guantanamo. Like, I, I, I'd rather just not. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, Thai prison, yeah, no, that sucks, but, you know, worth it. <laughs> and I think we'll leave it here for today. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, as always, for listening. This is the Plan Y podcast. My name is Taryn. And my name is Hannah. We'll see you next time. We love you. Ah. <laughs>